Let me take a moment right now uh, just to give honor where honor is due, and I want to contextualize some things here. Um, you know, at Living Stones, as most of you know, we're, we're a non-denominational independent church, which means at this point we have Living Stones here and we have Living Stones in Cambodia. Uh, we certainly have a church planting vision, but we're not a denomination. We're just a local church. And uh, in most churches, if you come from a denomination, you know that the missions effort is supported at a headquarters somewhere, uh, and they do great work, and all people give to the headquarters, and then the money goes out and gets distributed to missionaries for that to come out of that denomination. Uh, it's a good thing. But we don't have a headquarters. This is the headquarters, all right, Living Stones, Crown Point. And so what we've been able to do here from a one-church, local church standpoint has really been unbelievable. And I just need you to understand it in context, the number of people that are being sent, uh, what's going on with these Roar schools. Again, we give the Lord all the glory, all the honor, but I'm just putting it in context. It's remarkable, and it's remarkable not by accident. How many of you know that God always raises up people to use uh, to help that things be remarkable? He always raises up leaders. And we've got the privilege here for the last 13 years of, I believe, having some of heaven's finest in Pastor Dick and Susie Bastia directing our missions effort uh, with, with about 50 years of missions experience. How many of you know those folks don't fall off trees, all right? They, they don't just show up. Um, this is five decades of work in the nations of the world. And on a personal level, um, let me just share this too. You know, when somebody uh, is overseas serving, we don't just send them from here and then say goodbye and see them at Christmas time or something like that. Pastor Dick uh, is very conscientious about shepherding and pastoring and loving and discipling everybody that leaves here. So you're not like left on the other side of the world feeling like you're all alone. Uh, they're very well cared for. How many of you know that takes time? And it takes a lot of time. It takes time that I don't personally have, but it takes time that he has been dedicated to give his life to investing in our folks overseas. And so I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful for the journey that he's been on. It's been a rough year and a half going through some of the replacements, ankle, hip. But how many of you know he's a new man? He's ready to roll. And I just have to say this lastly, because you guys don't have the pleasure of working with him every day like I do. But he's one of my best friends in the whole world. I love his love for Jesus. I love his love for holiness. I love his love for the nations. Um, and I love the way he has been a personal friend to me for the last 13 years. Uh, just loving, supporting, praying, uh, been a true friend. And he's been a, an amazing pastor to all of you in the way that he loves and the way that he cares. So can you put your hands together and give a warm Living Stones welcome to our beloved Pastor Dick as he comes to share this morning. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thanks, you all. Well, you're what makes this not just a headquarters, but a heart quarters. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much. And uh, Pastor Ron, thank you so much. We do love each other. And um, I just want to declare this because you might not know this, but, um, you know, Susie and I, all our calls that each of us have, we each have a call of God and gifting. We're all part of the, uh, the master plan of God, and the happiest people on earth are finding where, why you were born, and I, wa I want to tell you, it's tied in this morning to the harvest of our nation and the nations of the world, 
but it's cool. We, we like being here. I have the greatest wife in the world. I, I, can, I say the greatest job in the world. Hope you feel the same way by the grace of God. But, you know, we have the greatest pastor in the world right here. <laughs> and, of course, his wife and Sister Carol and, and Bishop, who founded this thing, the Johnson Household. And, you know, it's rare. It should not be rare in the 400,000 evangelical chur- uh, churches in the United States. It shouldn't be rare that we have a, some mission people here. But we, but we have what makes this thing going as a, as a pastor who also has a heart for the harvest and the nations of the world. So that frees us up. That's like putting 440 volts in us, you know, and uh, letting us go. And uh, many of you have gone with us or will go with us. And um, it's, it's not going to diminish, but I really want to honor. It's a rare thing, but it should be everywhere. But we have it here. Aren't you glad? That means you too. Amen. Well, let's agree in prayer one time. And um, I want to, I just had this in my heart to share with you before I, I start the message. The title of the message, message is The Earth's Last Pentecost. We're going to talk. Some of you might immediately know what that means. Some of you are going to learn what that means. But before I pray, I want to give you a picture so that as I pray, you'll open your heart up. You know, there were, at the turn of the century in southern Texas, I think it was uh, Texas City, Texas, in the middle of the night, a massive explosion occurred. And virtually the whole town was leveled. It was an oil field town, so people thought, what happened? Did the oil wheels, oil wells get ex- or natural gas? Well, they, they did the research, and they found out in the harbor near Texas City, Texas, were grain ships, huge grain ships, wheat and corn and all the things, and they were empty. But they found out that there was dust in those huge ships, and somehow a spark touched the dust, and it's like gunpowder, and it exploded and, you know, leveled a town. Are there any dust men or dust women here this morning? Amen? We're little us's, but we got a big God, and I believe, Brent, I believe he wants to release a spark into this place and to each one of our hearts. Sorry, are you ready for it? Is your, is your powder dry? Is your heart thirsty for more? Amen. Has God been good to you? He wants to be a whole lot better to you. So, Father, thank you for Living Stones Church, every member, every Living Stone that's here. Thank you for a privilege, Susie and I, of being a part of this church. Thank you for new friends and partners, and, and Pastor Boggy, Pastor Hanuk, Pastor Joshua, Savan, and Pastor Veeble, and 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 not forgetting Jeremiah and Joel and the team in uh, Zambia. Father, thank you. This is of your doing. It's marvelous in our sight. But now, Lord, as we look into the word of God, as we look into the earth's last Pentecost, last harvest, Father, we're asking that your presence will release a spark into each dust man and each dust woman that's listening. Father, open our hearts and explode and empower And use us, Father, for the final harvest, for advancing your kingdom to every tribe, every nation, and every world. And all God's people said, a little louder in Zambia. Uh, That's good. (laughs) Thank you, Zambia. All right. (laughs) Earth's 
And it's, it's such a, a joy to be standing. You know, it's been a year and a half since I've had the pr- privilege to be in the pulpit saddle here. Pastor Ron, again, been so patient with me and the staff. And um, what a joy. And I've done this is my second service. Pretty good, huh? And that also means that my message will be kind of short because I'm, I'm, I'm growing in stamina. But in, in three or four months, maybe not. <laughs> it might be longer. Amen. I love this scripture out of Matthew 13, 39. The harvest is the end of the age. If there's anything that marks the times that we're living in, 2,000 years since the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, is we're finishing on a high note. Can someone sing real high? Don't do it. We're ending with with about seven exclamation points on the end of the church. Yep, there's going to be an antichrist. Yes, around the world, and yes, it will come. It's happening in America. But guess what? If you were like Paul and Silas, they're a great picture in prison, chained to a wall for preaching the gospel. What did they do? They were worshiping Jesus. You know, there's a joy that comes when you're persecuted for righteousness' sake. Some of you have experienced some of that. And those chains fell off, and that door opened, and then they went back to their life group, and they couldn't believe that their prayers were answered. Here they were, <laughs> or some of them were. But anyway, um, this is the greatest day. God has reserved the best days for us. We have been born for such a time as this. Amen? It's the day of days. It's the, it's the final capstone of all that heaven and earth and eternity have been looking for, the manifestation of the sons and daughters of God, bringing liberation to every dark place of the earth, bringing souls of every tribe, every nation, tongue to our Father in that last day. And I want to just get three points, uh, four points across. Are you ready? First point in this earth's last Pentecost is this is the day. And I'm going to read mostly just tracking with you right here in Acts chapter 2 because there's a pattern, there's a template that we can walk in. And I believe as, as wonderful it was way back 2,000 years ago in Acts chapter 2 in Jerusalem, uh, they wrote Acts chapter 2 in Jerusalem, uh, it's going to be even f- more full more wonderful, more glorious, even than them. Um, Acts 2.1, when the day of Pentecost, there it is, had fully come, they were all in one place in one accord. Isn't it great to be in one place and to be in unity and one accord? Isn't it great? We don't speak again to each other. We encourage, we strengthen each other. This is the place where the glory of God comes. Amen. So what is Pentecost? Well, in the Old Testament, we were just uh, in Roaring Through the Bible, we were talking about Exodus. And in Exodus, we have the judgments of God coming upon the nation of Egypt because they would not let God's people go. God started off small, turned the Nile into blood, been to the Nile. I always think of these things, wow, that was red at one time. Then came some frogs, some lice. But then the, the worst thing, this is not God's heart. He, he doesn't like to bring judgment. God's heart is for mercy, but he will do it because he's holy. The last was the death of every firstborn throughout Egypt. Great darkness came, and the death of Pharaoh's own son, right down to the lowest maidservant and, and right down to the animals. And that was the judgment coming, but God made a difference, and he protected the nation of Israel, while they were in Egypt. He said, put, you guys know the story, Passover, take the blood of a lamb, put it over your doorpost and your lentil. 
uh, Brent knows better doorposts and lentils. It's, it's carpentry terms. <laughs> but it's just over your house. And when God sees the blood, his judgments will pass over Israel. Brethren, when God sees the blood in the 21st century, this time the blood is the cross, the blood of God, the very blood of Jesus that was shed 50 days prior on what we know is Good Friday. 50 days later, Pentecost Sunday came. And this is a time so different than when the blood was shed. This was a time when the whole nation rejoiced in the great harvest that had come forth. Fifty days later, sometimes it's called jubilee. So from 50 days of the cross, here was a gathering of joyous festival goers celebrating the harvest. And is it not like this around here in Crown Point and Valparaiso and other places? We have all kinds of harvest festivals. We got pumpkins. We got Macintosh apples in Michigan. We got apple cider, natural, with bees in it. That's my favorite. Out in Michigan, we go there sometimes. Susie's looking at me. I'm not, it's, not a fly, it's not a bee in the ointment. <laughs> I still say it's the anointing. But it's a joyous time when you're gathering for the harvest. It's going to be joyous when we see Pastor Aaron go. I just know he's going in the tub. But you know what? There's a bigger tub coming. And God's going to take the whole earth and dunk it in his presence and his glory. Are you with me? It's going to be not cold but hot. It's going to be wonderful. So it says that the day of Pentecost has fully come. Well, I believe that's fully come. That fully coming is right here in 2019 and 2020. I like to call it, it's the new roaring 20s are upon us. Are you with me? There was an old roaring 20s with flappers and people taking baths and gin, doing all kinds of wicked carnal things. The new roaring 20s is going to be glorious. It's going to be happy. It's going to be joyous. It's going to be har- harvesting. There's going to be signs and wonders and miracles like we've never before. It starts afresh right here this morning. Amen. It's also called that day that we're looking at here, that day of Pentecost, I believe a, a day of great power, heavenly power, greater than nuclear power, greater than any power you can imagine, greater than tel- Tesla power. It's Holy Ghost power. And if you just look up with, with me up to uh, Psalms one, uh, 110, verse 3, one of my favorite verses, reading out of the Amplified Bible. And we've seen great fruit, great workers going forth, as you saw some stats. But brethren, I'm glad to report you haven't seen anything yet. They're going to be going out by the tens, by the hundreds, by the thousands to the nations of the world. God says, your people, that's us's, your people will offer themselves willingly in the day of your power. That means we're going to volunteer. We're going to sign up. Yes, sir. In the beauty of holiness and in holy array, everything in order, out of the womb of the morning, this is a new dawn happening in the spirit. To you, to God, will spring forth, will thrust forth your young men and young women who are as the dew. So I don't know what plans you have, some of you uh, parents, for your sons and daughters, but you might want to align with the Word of God. It's okay if they go to a cool college. I went to a pretty cool college. But you know what? The greatest thing on the earth is that your sons and daughters are in the move of God. Amen? As well as you. 
So this is the day we're talking about. This is the day of Pentecost. It's a great, it's a day of harvest. We're going to learn a little bit more, but I want to make a declaration. And if you're in agreement, just in your heart, just, just amen what I'm going to say, because I believe this is true. I'm not just being a, a religious preacher here. I declare, and you can say amen is a good way to do it. I declare we are entering in the day of God's greatest harvest of souls. You agree? I declare that the day of God's power is not just coming. It is here this morning. I decree a day of great unity and a day like never before of the greatest joy you can imagine. Amen. Can I do it one more time? And then you respond quickly. I declare we're entering into the greatest day of God's harvest, the day of God's power. This is the day, the day of great unity and of great joy. Man, I feel like I'm in the right place. (laughs) The next point I want to make is the sound. There's a sound coming from heaven. It's the sound of revival. If you've got good ears or where your good ear is, Take a listen. You can hear the sound of rain. It's beginning to come. We've, some of us have prayed for it for decades. A lot of you have been, been faithful in your life groups, uh, certainly Sister Chris and her intercessors. And um, we're not praying in vain. We are setting up prayers that are distilling, being distilled, and God is going to outpour his spirit like all the other great awakenings all the early rain, all the latter rain that God talks about. The early rain is the planting rain. The latter rain is the harvesting rain. It's all going to come like a mighty deluge. Just like that rain we had about a month ago. That was sideways. It might even come up from the ground. I don't know, but it's going to come. And this is the sound that they heard way back there in Acts chapter 2. It's the sound from heaven. It's a heaven-sent revival. And brethren, it's loud, so get ready. Acts 2, 2 through 4. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty Russian wind. And he filled the whole house where they were sitting. Whole house means all of us. Whole house means first service, second service, life groups, CR, youth group, offices, on and on and on. The whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared divided tongues as a fire. When God comes, you never know what's going to appear. One sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, what happens? You might shake, you might fall down, but you begin to speak. You can speak in another heavenly language. That's something good for all of us. But also you begin to declare the gospel. New boldness comes, your neighbor and the neighboring nations and the far-flung fields as the Spirit gives us utterance. Amen? I am so thirsty for revival. You know, I think God, right, Coralie, he's seen what we can do. He wants to show us what he can do. Oh, it's going to be quite a ride. It's going to be the biggest slippy slide in the world. Those, whatever the tall things are, they're scary to me. I don't do them anymore. But this one, I want to ride. It's going to be something. Now listen to what Jonathan Edwards, after Pastor Ron, one of my favorite preachers from uh, revival history uh, in the 1700s, he was like the lightning rod. Others like like, um, 
George Whitfield, the lightning rod of the Great Awakening. God just found messengers who he could just pour through his power. Uh, there's some messengers here that God wants to lightning strike you like a bolt, ignite you, change you into another man, another woman. Where's Emma? Hey, Emma, love you. Thanks for being obedient to the Lord. What a surprise. You come to church, you have surprises. Your daughters, your daughters go to the mission field, and sometimes they come back. They do come back. But listen to what Jonathan Edwards says. This is so true, one of my favorite capsules of revival. God has had it much on his heart from all eternity to glorify his dear and only begotten son. And there are some very special seasons that he appoints to that end, wherein he comes forth with omnipotent power to fulfill his promise and oath to him. These times are times of remarkable pouring out of his spirit. And the whole purpose of it all is to advance his kingdom. Such a day is the day of his power. How many are thirsty for more this morning? How many's powder is dry? Amen. Let's just lift up our hearts. Father, we love you. We thank you. Lord, we are longing and we believe by faith we are stepping into the day of days, the day of your power. Let's lift up your heart, lift up your hands, if you will. And Father, even as lightning struck in the 1700s and birthed a great nation, a nation born to take the gospel to the nations of the earth, that is our great purpose. Father, we ask that lightning strike twice. We ask that lightning would strike this room. We ask that you would strike every open heart, every obedient heart, every holy heart that wants to please you, every holy heart that wants to make a difference, every holy heart that wants to be changed and charged and challenged for the life that you've given them. Father, don't pass us by. You've promised us through much prophetic word that this little town called Crown Point and this wonderful church here called Living Stones, that you would make us, by your grace, an epicenter for a great awakening that will not only affect our nation, but you said it will be a globe-encircling awakening that will go across the whole world to the dark places of earth for the final harvest. So, Father, here we are, just as they were seated in Acts chapter 2. We're, sit, we're sat in this place. Lord, by faith we open our hearts, strike, release the spark, Ignite us, cause us to burn for you, burning and shining lights in the midst of our generation. Lord, bring it to pass. Do it for the advancement of your kingdom. And we're asking this, Father, for souls, sons and daughters for you. And we're asking this for your glory. And all God's people said, in Jesus' name, amen. Give him praise. We're talking about the earth's last Pentecost. We're talking about the day that we're living in. We're talking about the sound you need to be listening for, and it's already begin to blow. And now we want to talk about, of course, the mission. Interesting that Acts 2 has a wonderful pattern, and uh, this is the mission. Reach every nation. Disciple every nation. There's a, roughly 197 nations in the world today. There's only 70 left that have 2% or less Christian. Anybody think by the grace of God we can do this? Anybody want to go to heaven? Well, Jesus says, as we always say, you know, 
Matthew 24, 14, this gospel of the kingdom, Dave, must be preached in all nations, in every ethnic group, then the end will come. That's our job. That's your job. It's not just my job. It's all of our jobs, and it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful job. It has so many rewards, so much joy. Listen to a little bit. This is the longest part of the verses I'm sharing, but they all bear declaring. Acts 2, 5 through 21. And there was dwelling, this, this sound, this one day, this is the purpose of it. There, there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Sounds prophetic to me. And when this sound occurred, they were, what is going on? The multitude came together. They were confused because everyone heard these 12 disciples speaking in their own language. That was pretty freaky. God can do anything. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, look, are not all these, these, these Galileans, these fishermen? How do they, where do they go to language school? How are they speaking our language? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, the dwellings of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, I practice these, and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, very specific, a little section of Libya joining Cyrene, they were there too, the smallest tribal group in India. We have Roar students from the tribal groups in the mountains. They graduate, and they, they have, there's a group of people they don't like being down low. They like being on top of mountains. Guess what? God is reaching them, the smallest to the largest people group. Amen. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans, Arabs. Can someone say Arabs? Can Arabs be saved? Yes, they can. And I believe we're going to see, of course, when Jesus comes back, the nation of Israel will be saved in a day. But I believe our finest hour is going to be moving into the, into the Arab world, into the Middle East. I'm so excited. That's where Susie and I began ministry. We didn't see a lot of fruit. The best I can say is we did not become Muslims. <laughs> but we, we sure passed out a lot of tracks by the millions with our team. And um, we hear them speaking in our own tongue the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocked, saying, they're full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice, picked up the microphone, said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words, for these are not drunk, as you supposed. Now, I'm not in... Do not get drunk on the wine of this world. But pastorally, we give you permission to get drunk all the time on the wine of heaven, the wine of the Holy Spirit, the new wine. God has saved the best wine for last. Are you with me? It's intoxicating. It turns you into another man or woman. You walk straight. You talk with boldness. You live a holy life. Your incredible signs and wonders come out of this, this uh, state. Since it's only the third day of, of the day, and you can get drunk as you can, in the third hour of the day. That's like, uh, I think it's nine in the morning, Chris. We can, we can Im- imbibe the, the wine of the Holy Spirit and have great bright eyes and, and a great step and joy in our heart. Amen? But this is that, or this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. 
And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, finishing at this section here. Catch it. This is what will happen. It shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Someone say all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your older men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. That's these days. And they shall prophesy. And I shall show wonders in the heavens above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire, vapor of smoke. The sun in these very last days shall turn to darkness, the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Here it is. And it shall come to pass, this is all about harvest, and it shall come to pass that whosoever, that's worldwide, whosoever, Vietnamese, Cambodian, Laotians, Zambians, Zimbabweans, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, Pakistani people, whosoever shall call, they've got to hear about the name of Jesus. How shall they hear unless they are sent? Amen. How shall they be sent unless they are trained, unless they are equipped, unless they are empowered by the Holy Ghost? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Brethren, I'm making a declaration. You don't have to respond. This is that time. We are that people. This is that place right where we are and where these brethren are from the other nations. And every one of us are born for such a time as this. It makes sense if there's 7.7 billion people in the world and we've been born for such a time as this and we have breath and we have strength. That tells me every one of us has, has a God-ordained, privileged place to advance the kingdom of God. Maybe you know how to run a coffee shop. <laughs> that is going to be a, a river that's going to go to the nations. Amen. Maybe you know how to do premarital counseling to those who are going to be married, Brent and Jocelyn. <laughs> and they counseled Savan and Coralie well. Whatever your gifting is. Cheryl, maybe you're good at accounting. And maybe you do all the accounting in the Roar office so Susie and I don't have to be numb because it's so important, right? There's gifting that each one of us have that are different and unique and it's all part of the master plan. Amen? So we're in the day. There is a sound. We have the mission reaching every nation. All of us have a part. Some of you will be trained and go. Some of you will give and go. Some of you will stay and maybe go on a short-term trip. A lot of go in all that we do. And the last point I want to make as we finish up here this afternoon. The day the sound, the mission, and as God's servant messenger here this morning, I want to release the dare. I dare you to move. You may be in a, I'm in a wonderful place. I got a strong hip. If you're going to hit me, hit me in my new hip. It's the strongest place in my body. <laughs> but don't do it. Don't do it. I'm in a happy place. I love what I do, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm standing not the last man standing, but I am standing. And um, you may be in a great place, but brethren, there is so much more. Dan, thank God for releasing your daughter, but uh, you got a whole quiverful. <laughs> those of you who give, you know, your tithing, those of you who give specifically a year before the, the uh, Roar School starting in Pakistan, somebody I, we hardly knew walked up and gave us a $5,000 check for Pakistan. Isn't that wonderful? It's sitting in the bank. 
and it happens so many times, just hiddenly, the Lord sees it. Everybody has a place. I think, uh, Caitlin, you came up about a year ago when we go into Pakistan. Where's Caitlin? You said, uh, I, I want to be part of the breaker team. Who, who, and she's good at that. We have intercessors here who break things open, open up the heavens. So um, whatever your gifting and calling is, we have a seat for you on the, on the gospel bus. Amen? Last scripture. The dare. Deuteronomy 1, 6 through 8, finishing. The Lord, our God, spoke to us in Horeb. Now, Horeb is a place of dryness. It's a place of unfruitfulness. It's a mountain place. And maybe there might be a few of you are going through a dry season. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe it hasn't been fruitful as you would like. Well, the Lord spoke to us in Horeb, saying, You have dwelt long enough in this place or this mountain. Susie and I say the same thing. We have a, a beautiful new home, downsized, all one level. Got our guests all staying with us in our guest room, boggy in the basement, unfinished basement, because he likes it a little cooler down there. <laughs> we give him water and, and bread. <laughs> and we release his chains. We release his chains. No, he, re he broke loose of his chains. Can't chain Boggy. But anyway, we're thankful. We're blessed of the Lord. We have cars that are running. We ha I bought Susie four new tires. I'm making a point, Susie. She's looking at me like, like a wife does. But, you know, we're blessed. But, you know, we're not, we're not putting up a hammock here. We're not stopping here. There is so much more God wants to do through us, through you, through this church, brethren. It's unbelievable. It's, it, and that's for everyone who yields to God and obeys and follows him. The Lord our God spoke to us in Horeb. You have dwelt wherever you are long enough. Turn. That means repent. That means change your mind. That means be ready to even go off your map to a place you've never been before. Turn and take your journey and go. See. And you won't see this happen until you obey. See, I have set the land before you. Go and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. That's the word of the Lord for us. Heaven is daring us. As so many of you have been so faithful, God's saying, okay, let's keep going. Holy Spirit is a spirit that moves. He's like a wind. He's like a river. And I want you to just um, prepare your heart to respond. And um, I'm going to play this uh, song that some of you know. It's a, it's a great vintage song. still speaks today. Dare you to move. And before you put it on, I just want to ask you, as a simple act of obedience, if you want to trust in this day that God's given us, if you want to be in the midst of the sound of revival, if you want to be on mission with your life, maybe you already are, you just want to do more. Maybe you want to find your place to be on mission. And you want to take that dare, take that step to go to a place you've never been before. Maybe after uh, one minute of this song, as it's playing, why don't you come up to the altar and we want to just pray with you. And we want to release that spark afresh into your heart, which is going to order your steps into the roaring 20s of God. Amen.